پس اے بھائیو میں خدا کی رحمت یاد دلا کر تم سے التماس کرتا ہوں کہ اپنے بدن ایسی قربانی ہونے کے لیے نظر کرو جو زندہ اور پاک اور خدا کو پسندیدہ ہو یہی تمہاری معقول عبادت ہے اور اس جہان کے ہم شکل نہ بنو بلکہ عقل نئی ہو جانے سے اپنی صورت بدلتے جاؤ تاکہ خدا کی نیک اور پسندیدہ اور کامل مرضی تجربے سے معلوم کرتے رہو I appreciate your kindness, I appreciate your love and your hospitality. It is privileged to stand where my brothers stand and share pulpit with you. It is really a joy to come home to those who care for you and who pray for you and call me brother. So I consider this a great privilege. I've been sharing with you Friday night Saturday morning, my teaching style is little different. I don't have three-point sermon, <clears throat> but I share many points, and uh, I hope that uh, Eastern way of learning the scripture will be very helpful to you. So mission committee and the elders and deacons, thank you again for this privilege to come and worship with you. and share God's word with you. The reason I take selfie, because it is very famous way of uh, our young people's lifestyle today, and uh, it seems like we are unable to remember ourselves. So there is too much focus on picture, too much focus on ourself, and somebody has actually taken a great uh, uh, privilege to understand how we think and how we communicate and where our focus is, so they made business out of it. And if you see what I am trying to communicate is iPhone, iPad, iPod, iTune, iWork, and there is no limit to I, I, I. Everything is I, because somebody came to know I will really sell, and they are making billions of it, because they remember the lovers of I will enjoy the word I. They want to remember there is a great I am. I is there, but don't forget the great I am. I... There was a time when in America, families, mother and father, used to call their children by name. 
now they call their cell number. Did you notice the change? We used to call them by name. Now we are calling their cell number in prison. Everybody has a cell and everybody has a number. So I ask you, what is your cell number? Are you captured in that cell? That's why selfie has become so important. It's not that I wanted selfie, but I just wanted to make that point right from the beginning because we are going to talk about worship. We are going to talk about living sacrifice. So just a a review because uh, it is good to know what we have learned so far. I have asked you to, people ask me, do you really bring people to Christ? And I tell them, no, sir, I don't bring people to Christ. I bring Christ to people. I share that with you. And then I also helped you some years ago. And if you have forgotten, because there are some new people. I was in Atlanta preaching going to preach in a, one of the supporting church. And I met an elder in the, uh, right in the parking area. He was a newly elected elder, and he was also a member of the mission committee. And uh, he introduced himself with these words, that I'm a newly elected member, and I'm on the mission committee. And are you the one who served God in this country? He took the name of the country that I serve. I said, no, sir, I don't serve God anywhere. You don't serve God anywhere? We hear wonderful report about your ministry. I said, sir, I have no ministry. You don't serve God anywhere? You have no ministry? He repeated these things. You have to know me, what kind of a fool I am. I am a fool of Christ. I wonder whose fool you are. But... I take great pride that I'm a fool of Christ. So I said, sir, he, he, he was, question was written all over his face. If you don't serve God anywhere, if you have no ministry, why are churches supporting you? He didn't say that. He was very kind, but he was confused. I said, sir, are you confused? He said, yes. Oh, I said, I'm a missionary. It is my job to confuse people. Because how do I teach or help anybody who is all-knowing, all-mighty, all-powerful? It is very difficult to teach anything to such people. But if somebody accepts that he or she is confused, the possibility exists that I can help them with their confusion. So I said, sir, are you confused? He said, yes. I said, let me help you with your confusion. Read Isaiah 46 with me. I train my mind to remember the scriptures by heart. So I will read Isaiah 46, verse 3, where the word of God is saying, O house of Jacob, I have carried you from your mother's womb. I care for you. I sustain you. I will carry you till your hair will turn gray. I said, sir, if he is carrying me, you and me from our mother's womb and if he is my hiding place if he is my savior if he is my redeemer tell me who is serving who my God is serving me we like to keep focus on ourselves. we give money to the mission we do this we do that we are doing this we are doing that the list is long but we forget that our God is serving us 
He is carrying us from our mother's womb. And I said, sir, how much I like to make this my ministry. It is not my ministry. It is his ministry. And he is so gracious that knowing all my weaknesses, knowing all my fault, he has still given me place to work in his household. So it is his ministry, not my ministry. And he is serving us. And if Isaiah 46 verse 3 is not making any sense to you, sir, allow me to bring you to the New Testament when God became a man. And he said this, son of man has come not to receive service, but he has come to serve you. Where will you find a God who will wash your dirty feet? Muslims are serving Allah. They are sacrificing their life for the glory of Islam, putting bomb to their body and beheading other people because they are pleasing their gods. But your God and my God put bomb to his own body. So your sons and daughters don't have to do it. He is serving you and me. This is the higher view of scripture that we like to keep in mind. Having said this, I want to give you one other story that will help you sometime when we communicate. One mother said to her son in in my country, she said, son, when you were a little boy, you were unable to speak but I could understand every word that you were saying to me. I knew you were saying, Mama, I'm hungry. Mama, I I am thirsty. I need food. I, I need to be changed. I could understand every word that you were uttering, and yet you were not able to speak. But I knew what you were saying. Since the time you have started speaking, I failed to understand what language you speak. Because this is not the language that I taught you. So Charlie Chaplin's name you know so well. And Albert Einstein's name you so well. One day they had meeting together. And uh, Albert Einstein said to Charlie. He said, Mr. Chaplin, you are a great man. He said, sir, why do you call me great man? He said, you don't utter one word and people understand everything that you are saying and they are laughing and they they know exactly what you are saying. Charlie Chaplin said, sir, you are a greater man than I am because everybody in the world knows who you are. They know your name, but each time you say something, nobody understands a word what you are saying. So communication is a problem sometimes. With our own children, with, with other people, and especially when somebody is uh, uh, speaking English like me, which is not my first language, it's my third language. So I hope that you will understand God's word very clearly. Now coming back to the text that we have read this morning for concentration to worship and to understand and to meditate and to see what the message I want to share with you this morning I want you to understand one question. I always ask question. What is the word sacrifice mean to you? When you use the word sacrifice, what image comes to your mind? And here I need your help. What, what, what comes to your mind? Pardon? 
uncomfortable. Okay, what else? Give up. Knife does not come to your imagination. The blood does not come to your imagination. The, the death does not come to your imagination. The animal does not come to your imagination. This is sacrifice when there is a knife use and the life is slaughter. The blood is shed. This is sacrifice. I'm talking about the literal sacrifice of the Old Testament that were offered on the altars. So here is what I want you to, to remember. The word is pas e mere bhaiyo. What does that mean? Pas e mere bhaiyo. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, I beg you, I, in the, in the view of the mercies of God, what God has done for you, for you and me, all the 11 chapters so far, what Paul has written to, to the letter to the Romans, whatever he has written, the, the theology of the justification, all that is written, this is the fourth therefore. I want to introduce first the fourth therefore and keep the image of sacrifice in your mind, blood, knife, animal, and the slaughter. So where that image is clear, keeping the Old Testament in mind, and then remember, therefore, I want to explain, this is the fourth therefore. What are the first three therefore that Paul has used in his letter? The first one that we see is very, very clearly uh, given to us in Roman 3.20. Chapter 3 of Roman and verse 20. And that is the therefore of condemnation. The therefore of condemnation means that all men are guilty before God and we are all condemned. And that is the first therefore that our brother has used. The second therefore he has used is the therefore of justification. And that you find that in chapter 5 verse 1. I will not go into all the detail because you all love God's word so well. You understand I'm just giving you the bullet point. So number 3 therefore is found in chapter 8 verse 1. And it is the therefore of insurance. And the fourth therefore that we are just reading now is Romans 12 verse 1. And it is the therefore of dedication. Now the therefore of dedication is very important for us to remember. And it is a total commitment to God. Total understanding what God has done for us so far. In the view of the mercies of God. When I read that scripture in my language. That's why we read in both languages. English and Urdu. So this will help you to understand the image that comes to my mind. It seems like Brother Paul is folding his hand, going on his knees, and begging people, readers, the churches, to please pay attention what I am saying to you. In the view of the mercies of God, meaning one sentence is helping me to go all the way to Genesis chapter 1 and all the way to, to the end of the Old Testament and all the way from Roman 1 to Roman 11. 
what God has done for sinful man. We were separated from holy God and we were lost and in the view of the mercies of God, what God has done in Christ for you and me on the cross. This is the complete gospel of grace that should come to our imagination when we read the word in the view of the mercies of God. Or TEV says, because what God has done for us. Now one sentence is helping us to go centuries back. Now in in that view, he is now saying, I beg you, I beseech you, I go on my knees, I fold my hand, please, you have understood the privilege of the gospel. Now you must understand the responsibility to the gospel or our role in the gospel, what we need to do, our duties to the gospel. Because the theology and the teaching and our living all goes hand in hand. Just to know the theology is not enough. But our living, theology must affect our daily living. So that what chapter 12 and all the way to the end of the book is our responsibility. And we are only going to focus on one responsibility. Of course, there's a responsibility to the government, responsibility to the other believers, responsibility to many other things, but our responsibility to God. What God has done, now our duty to God, in the view of his mercy, our duty to God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, I can understand the word sacrifice, and I ask you, give you some time to think, what is the word sacrifice mean? And I give you a few images, knife, blood, death. The animal is slaughter, sacrifice is offered, blood is shed, and the law is obeyed. How do you present a living sacrifice? What does that mean to you? If I ask you, what is the word living sacrifice mean to you? You keep the animal alive. As a Christian, you and I cannot offer any more sacrifice. The supreme sacrifice for all ages is presented on the cross. The only way, John Calvin said, the only way you and I can present another gospel if we want to bring disgrace to the gospel, to the uh, sacrifice that was offered on the cross. That is the only way we will offer another sacrifice. There is no need to offer another sacrifice because the supreme sacrifice of Christ is offered for all time for believers. So then, what, why should we bring another sacrifice? And what sacrifice we have to bring? We have to bring our body as living sacrifice. I always like to give a story and always connect Old Testament with the New Testament that help us a lot. And I want you to turn with me the very first book of the Bible, chapter 22, Genesis chapter 22. And the moment I say Genesis chapter 22, Those who are familiar with the story, they will know what I am trying to say. What image comes to you when I say Genesis chapter 22? Abraham, we say Ibrahim in our language. Ibrahim and his son, Isaac. The Muslim will say Ishmael. 
but we say Isaac. God comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, Abraham. And the moment, this is a Jewish explanation, the moment, this is a test. If this is a test, Abraham, Abraham, and then God, Abraham said, here I am, he passed the test. Already? Yes. God is calling you by name, and when you present yourself and say, here I am, wholeheartedly, knowingly, willingly, lovingly, you are committed to his call, and you respond to his call, you have passed the test. From my point of view. Second, then you know the rest of the story. He said, your only son, the son that you love, take your son and then present your son, the most beloved son that you got in the last years of your life when he was very, very old. I really want you, you know the story, so I will not go into details, but just think of this, that you are Abraham and you are old. Your wife was old. And you have son that you love very much. And now God is asking you to offer your son as burnt offering. Put your hand on your own heart and give me the answer. What will be your response? Do you think it is fairy tale? We don't believe that. We believe this is the word of God. We literally believe in the word of God. This happened. Will you be willing? Take the name of your beloved son. Will you be willing to take your son and offer him as burnt offering? I don't know about you, but if I was Abraham, I would at least remind God, has he forgotten his own covenant with Isaac and with me? I will remind him in case his hard drive is deleted. And if he has a problem of remembering his own promise, did Abraham reminded him? No. Do you think there was need to remind God about his covenant? No. And then I want you to take the name of your wife and share what God has told you to your beloved wife and your son's mother, the plan that God has for your son. Can you apply that to, to that and share that story? I don't know the, the style of your wife. I know the style of my wife, what she will do, but I don't know what your wife will say. And wait till your wife call your father and mother on the cell number. And then she hand over the phone to you. Now you listen to your own mother. What plan you have for their grandson. And then she dial your father-in-law and your mother-in-law. And then you talk to them. And then your father-in-law call 911. <laughs> and now you talk to sheriff. All I just want to bring these images to your mind before we carry on the rest of the story. 
Remember my question? The question is, how do you present your bodies as living sacrifice? That is the question, and I'm going to attempt to answer my own question to you, and I hope that this will speak to your heart and will connect the Old Testament with the New Testament. And this what I really think. There are only two examples of living sacrifices that we find in the scripture, and this is one of them that I want to share. After imagining these three things, they carry on three days' journey, and the verse 5 says of the chapter 22, Abraham had two servants with him, very faithful servants, and he asked them to stay at the foot of the hill. And he told them, you stay here. The boy and I are going to go up on the hill. We are going to go and worship, and then we will come back. Whereas Abraham knew very well what God told him and what was his plan for the boy that he was going to present Isaac as burnt offering. And what statement of faith he made. No wonder Muslim call him Father Abraham. Jew call him Father Abraham. And we call him Father Abraham. All billions of people around the world call him Father Abraham. And he is a father of faithful. So what do we learn by this verse? Not just the faith part of it, But Abraham knew, my faith in God is unique and is different. My servants are not believers the way I believe in God. They will be hindrance to my worship. So whatever hinder your worship, you leave at the foot of the hill. Then you go and worship. Make sure nothing hinder your worship. May I ask you a question this morning? Do you know what hinders your worship? Are you aware? Are these two servants your loyal, faithful servant? What are your servants today that are hindering you to worship freely? Is it your pride? Your style? Church is old-fashioned. Worship is old-fashioned. I don't have time. I am too busy. Is it game? Is it Super Bowl? I don't know. I'm just giving you suggestions. I'm not saying these are your problem, but I'm saying you and I have to understand what hinder our worship. And once we know what is the stumbling block in our worship, we must be wise enough to leave that at the foot of the hill and then go and worship. That is the wisest thing to come and worship. When you walk in, keep your difficulties that not help you to freely worship outside so you can freely worship the living God. And the verse 5 also help us his unchanging faith that we will come back. Only when you read the letter of the Hebrew, you will know the answer to this question. Why did Abraham make that statement? Because Abraham believed that even if I put Isaac as a burnt offering, my God is able to raise Isaac from the dead and I will walk back with the Isaac. That was his unchanging, unshaking faith. Now, we are people of faith. We are actually people of the book. Of course, we have become people of the Facebook. 
less people of the book, more people of the Facebook. But may I ask you, if you are a man or woman of a faith, what was the last statement you made based on your faith? What was the last act you did in the, on, based on your faith? What prayer you offer based on your faith? I don't know. I'm just asking questions. And now coming quickly to verse 6. I want you to read the verse 6 with me of chapter 22 of Genesis because I'm going to ask you a question. When I discovered this, I was weeping for many days. So this is a very powerful verse. So I would really want you to concentrate and uh, you have God's word with you. Would you please read out loud the verse 6 of chapter 22? I want to hear in your voice. How many things they were carrying? Now, don't look at your Bible, just tell me. How many things they were carrying? Wood, fire, knife, very good. Can we all say wood? I know you are sleeping, so you are not listening. Wood, knife, fire. Now, can you tell me what things father was carrying? Fire and? So if there were three things, listen carefully, if there are only three things and father was carrying two, knife, fire, what is left? You have a strong heart? Listen to this. Son always carry his wood. You got it? Son always carry his wood. Our Lord carry his own wood. Whether it is son of Abraham, Isaac, he has to carry his own wood. If son of living God, he has to carry his own wood. If you are a follower of Christ, you have to carry your own wood. Why? Because there is a rule in the kingdom of God. Son always carry the wood. When I saw this first time, I was weeping. Son always carry the wood? Yes. Son always carry the wood. So why are you in business of choosing what kind of a cross you love? We are not in business of choosing what kind of a cross we love and we carry and we take great pride. One man jokingly said, oh, this is my wife and she is my cross. I said, don't joke about cross, brother. She is your wife and not a cross. I know you are joking, but this is not a joking matter. I joke a lot, but not when it comes to the cross. Carrying cross is a serious matter for believer. So I just wanted you to come little further and I will be bringing this message to the conclusion. 
There were three things, wood, knife, and fire. On the way to the mountain, now the hindrance to the worship is sitting at the foot of the hill. They are free in obedience. They are walking to the mountain, climbing up. And the son keep asking his father, Daddy, we have wood, we have knife, we have knife and, and, and a fire. Where is the lamb? Without lamb, how can we offer sacrifice? You said we are here to worship. We are going to present a burnt offering. Where is the lamb? Now you answer that question if you are daddy. Will you answer your son? Abraham did. He said, son, God will provide. God will provide. After centuries ago, that question was asked, where is the lamb? And John, the most, the John the Baptist, he gave the answers. He saw the lamb. He said, look, behold the lamb of the Lord, God, who carry the sin of the world. Isaac, lamb will come, but not when you ask. Lamb will come on his own timing. Lamb came and carry the sin of the world. And offer his body as sacrifice. But now come to the end of the story. The altar is prepared. And Abraham prepared many altars. But this altar was little unique. Even made in Japan cannot produce such altar that Abraham prepared. Even Chinese cannot prepare such wonderful altar. Because he was going to put his own son on the altar. So this altar was very unique, very different, and perhaps full of faith. And finally he tied his son, put the son on the altar. It was not just the father, now I want you to concentrate on the son. Not just what a father, but what a son. If you were son of Abraham, and if your father gave you that answer, and son, on the way you were asking me, where is the lamb, where is the lamb? Yes, daddy, I wanted to know where is the lamb. He said, son, you are the lamb. I'm going to present you as burnt offering. Now be honest. What will be your immediate reaction? If you heard these words from your daddy, that you are the lamb that I'm going to present as burnt offering, will you not present your father as offering? Will will you not push him from the cliff? Will you not call 911 because you know there are two faithful servants sitting at the foot of the hill? Help, help, my father has gone crazy. He's going mad, he's going to kill me. Did he call that way? Did he ran? Did he resisted? No. I'm coming to the end of this presenting in the view of the mercies of God, brothers, I, pres- I beg you, I beseech you, I urge you, present your bodies as living sacrifice. And this is the example of living sacrifice as Isaac climbed on the altar. He became dead to his Hebrew dream. He died to his self. He died to his will. He died to his, in his body. And we must present, because the privileges of the gospel we have are given. 
the mercy and grace is shown to us the justification we have received by faith and faith alone we are saved now this is our responsibility to present our body present our mind present our soul as living sacrifice and that three things you see at the altar right in that top of the mountain sun presented himself on the altar and he died to his hebrew dream he committed his will to his father father you believe in your father i believe in you so now the circle is complete and when abraham was about to use the knife you know the rest of the story the ram was provided and what a gladness they have enjoyed they were hugging each other and they were worshiping and they offer other sacrifice and not isaac as a burnt offering this is the way to present your body as living sacrifice in other word you are bought by price you are not of your own brother paul right to first corinthian therefore present your body as living sacrifice therefore glorify god through your body don't give your body for sinful pleasure don't give your body to drugs don't give your body to your sinful desire give your body to christ because he is the rightful owner of your body in the view of mercies of god glorify god magnify god through your body mind and soul these are the three things that i wanted you to know and i hope that god will enable you and me to understand and know how do you present your will how do you present your whole body how do you present your whole mind don't follow the pattern of this world follow the pattern of our lord jesus christ have the mind of christ and only then we are going to win the battle that we are facing just the last few minutes i want you to know that the country that i work and live and and do the church planting work does not appreciate christian the isis the taliban al qaeda boko haram or many other organizations are very active and last year 2015 was the year worse than all 2000 years put together for believers every 5 minutes one christian is martyred and christians are burned alive in country many countries today in front of husband and front of children these people are beheaded their their husband or their father and raping their young daughters and their wives this is all on television i cannot repeat because of children sitting here but terrible things are happening brother and sister when one part of the body suffer the whole body suffer if is that true for you and if that is true for you let me remind you on this mission conference that we are under the obligation of the gospel many people are dying without christ many people don't understand that we have a savior it is your responsibility my responsibility to present gospel to those people who are still walking in darkness there are people who are asking brother if this is so difficult and so hard how do you do all this what you do and the same brother who asked me how do i serve god and where do i serve god he asked me can you share secret with me 
how do you do it? I asked him if you can wait because I will share that secret with, with when I finish teaching and preaching. So he said, I will wait. I want to share that secret with you this morning. How do I do what I do? And I want to sing that hymn and I want to, you to join with me just the verse. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. How do you praise your Savior all the day long, even when you are driving, even when you are eating, even when you are sleeping, we can sleep in the attitude of worship. We can drive in the attitude of worship. We have died to ourselves, And I also want to share a secret with you, another secret. Can you keep a secret? My children are very upset with me because I go to work and to a very dangerous country, and I tell them, can you kill a dead man? Yes? Can you kill a dead man? No. You and I, they cannot kill. The instructions are, don't be afraid of those who can kill your body. You should be afraid of the one who can kill your body, mind, and soul. So I have given you the answer to the living sacrifice. How do you present your body? Just like Isaac presented his body on the altar. You and I must present our body on the altar and die to ourself. When we take baptism in Christ, we are dead to our old self. And we are living a new creature, new life. And Christ in the garden of Gethsemane, he said the same thing. He said... Father, if this cup can pass away, but not my will, your will. Your will be done. That is the way to present. So two examples of living life. Christ our Lord, the living sacrifice, and Abraham and his son Isaac, a living sacrifice example before us. May God grant us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding as we come to close to our time. Please join me in prayer. Father, we are so grateful that you have shown mercy and grace to us. You save us and you redeemed us. You sent your son who died for us and has given his life. And now you demand that we present our body as living sacrifice to you. Your grace is sufficient for us. Your Holy Spirit is with us. Your promises are with us. Give us courage, boldness, knowledge, and understanding that we will present our bodies. We will die to ourselves. We will die to our will. And we'll have your mind and give, live a living sacrifice before your throne. In Jesus' most blessed name, I offer my afternoon prayers. Amen. Elders, would you please come?